Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports, Mark Henry and I talk about the amazing and educational Vice documentary on China. Unbelievable life and career. We talk about it today on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we talk to owner and president Tony Khan with a really amazing story about his father this close to Father's Day. Right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Live from the Sirius XM studios in New York City, this is Busted Open. Your only destination for daily pro wrestling talk in the entire world. From the independent scene to the main event of WrestleMania, no one covers pro wrestling like Busted Open. Eddie Guerrero was busted open. Hot topics, breaking news, and interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. A show designed for the fan by the fan. Old school. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Meets new school. Busted Open. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Live now. That's what I do. Here are your hosts, Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Welcome to Busted Open. On a Falls Count Anywhere Friday, Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports, my tag team partner today, the one and only Mark Henry. Mark, how are you? Dave, I would like to say that I am 100% great, super casual, fragilistic, expialidocious, but I'm not. Oh. I mean, last night watching the China uh, story on Vice was um, pretty rough at times. Um, shout out to Evil Ed Robinson, who's not here today. Yeah. Um, tried to call me during it, but during that the time that he tried to call, I was too emotional for a conversation. Uh, so, Ed, I didn't answer your call. I had a reason for it. Um, the whole world of pro wrestling is doing pretty good, too. That's that's kind of been, like, the thing that I've been the most enamored with over the last two or three weeks. 
because of how good wrestling is on all the brands. Um, I mean, there's been some exceptions on Mondays, <laughs> as you as you would say. <clears throat> but for the most part, Dave, when wrestling is good, my life is good. And, you know, we have to watch about 15 hours of wrestling a week. So um, life is pretty good right now. Yeah, and there's a lot of good. But you're right. Last night, I watched the China documentary just like you. We had... Um, we had on Wednesday, we had the director of the China documentary, uh, Mara Strauch was on with us and she was not a wrestling fan. Didn't grow up a wrestling How the fan. hell she didn't know who I was? Yeah. I mean, she didn't know, like really honestly, when it came to the world of pro wrestling, didn't know anything even about China until she started doing research for this documentary. So it was kind of interesting to see her view of China, of somebody that didn't have any kind of preconceived notions or anything about her going into making this documentary. I mean, you couldn't get a more honest portrayal of somebody than the two-hour documentary that was on Vice last night. And, Mark, it it was hard uh, going to sleep, hard waking up this morning after watching that. I mean, such a sad story, especially the last few years of her life. You know, somebody that was able to overcome so much in her childhood, you know, you know, bad relationship with their mother, bad relationship with their father, ending a relationship with their sister. Having to battle all those personal demons and emotions and hit the high highs in the pro wrestling community. She said even herself, the best family she had was the pro wrestling family. And then, you know, falling as hard as she did and. What was really sad, Mark, even more than what was hoping to be the reconstruction of China, was all the people that surrounded China that she thought was enablers. Yeah, she thought she thought that was her support system, but they were just as you said, enablers and people that were completely taking advantage of her. Yeah, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Yep. Um, these people were. Uh, just parasites and um, I was for a long time I was hurt because uh, I couldn't get a hold of her and uh, I felt guilty that I wasn't able to keep in contact with her because I did until I called her and then her phone didn't work no more and then um, probably about a two or three year period passed and then the con the, the tapes came out and she started doing, you know, the films, the adult films and stuff like that. And I didn't give a shit. It didn't affect me one, one way or the other. And, um, I wanted to contact her, but I, I didn't know how to. And it wasn't like she was calling me. You know, I, I talked to other people that she distanced herself from. Like, when you're in desperate need of family and you have people that's, that call you and you stop talking to them, it's not their fault anymore. And that was one of the few things that I got out of that last night because I was looking at the timeline and 
like now I real okay now I remember because I still talked to her when she was in Japan when she was doing when she wrestled in Japan and then it just boom it was gone nothing it's so sad Mark because you look at that end and you watch that documentary and you know somebody who didn't really have a family you know and and to your end like she had one she, she did, just i think she felt so ashamed mark that like she didn't know how to face i i how do you face a mark henry somebody that you knew when she was at her high of highs and now when she's at her low of lows like with some of the things that she did in, in her past. Not that it would have mattered to you, but obviously mattered to her. She couldn't face that. She, yeah. I, it's, it's such you a told a great story. story to me uh, off the air that put it in perspective. And, um, yeah, I was mad at first because I remember walking through the airport in Charlotte, and a lot of people probably remember this, but there used to be a... Uh, piano mm -hmm. in uh, in the Charlotte airport. And we're walking and Joni, you know, and all of her, she, she was China on TV, but she was Joni outside. And she kind of like did this uh, <laughs> like show horse dance, running to the piano and started playing the fucking piano like, Beethoven or somebody like I mean I'm like holy shit I was like we've been in the car together for like two months and you never told me you could play the piano and then come to find out last night she played the cello she played the violin I'm like what the hell I didn't I didn't know she played other instruments but I'm glad that the world got to see her for who she was and She's a smart, bro, really smart. Not average smart, really smart woman. And, I mean, it, it even showed at the end of her life, she was she was teaching English in Japan. Yep. So I would think that if you're teaching English in Japan, to an extent, you have to speak Japanese. So in a five-year period, she taught herself how to speak Japanese in five years? I can't do that. And a lot of people listening right now going, yeah, me either. Yep. <laughs> she was smart as hell, man. And I just feel like people like Billy Gunn, who I know, um, loved her as much as I did. And uh, we all got pushed away. So the, the whole narrative of the family went away, the family disappeared. No, there's a lot of, she means the office fell out of love. It wasn't, it wasn't us, it wasn't Billy, it wasn't me. Um, she pushed a lot of people away because like you said, it hurt to, um, without mentioning any names, Dave, can you tell that story? Yeah, I had a I, sure. I have a very close friend who actually listens to this show, but we're extremely close for years and years and years. And in 1997, uh, my my dad passed away, 
And soon after that, and I didn't think it was related at the time, my buddy just like completely cut me off. Like, stop returning my phone calls. I would go to his house, wouldn't answer the door. Like, and then after like you know months of trying to connect, just stopped. And about 2019, so just a few years ago, Mark, he reached out to me on Facebook because he started listening to the show, saw that I was doing good and, and wanted to reconnect. And when I saw him, you know, gave him a big hug. And I'm like, Billy, like, where the hell you been, man? Like, I haven't seen you, you know, in, in over 20 years, 20 years. And he told me, that when my dad passed away, he didn't wasn't able to get to the funeral and he felt such shame. And he didn't know how to face me after that, that he just cut me off like he just didn't know how to deal with it. And I was like, man, you don't understand, buddy. Like I was so distraught that day. You could have told me you were there and I would have believed I, 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 I had no idea that you weren't there. Like, think about it. The thing that brought him so much shame. And got him so embarrassed to cut off a friendship. I didn't even I didn't even know that it happened. So, Mark, you could see like it's it snowballs after time. I didn't I didn't go to the funeral. A few weeks go by. Man, I need to reach out to Dave. I got to apologize to Dave. I got to talk to him. But then a few more weeks go by, and then it starts to snowball and snowball. Where it's like, all right, this is way beyond picking up a phone and talking to somebody. Like it could build up very very quickly. And your shame could build up very, very quickly. But like, if there's anybody that's listening to this story, listening to Mark and I this morning, believe me, with a brief phone conversation, you'll be shocked how much that could solve. Just reaching out to somebody, you don't, you don't know how much that could solve. Because Mark, I, I'm sure everybody could relate. Or to this in person, one. yes. Like, I'm sure everybody could relate where. You've you a friendship or even a, a relationship with a with a relative or a loved one has been so strained and that you haven't spoken for so long and you probably don't even remember why the argument happened in the first right. place. You know what right. I mean? Right. And it was probably something that uh it could have been bad, but then most times it, it it was blown out of proportion. And it was based on what other people thought rather yes. than what you thought. And maybe and, and if it China, uh, it's, it, but maybe if China would have reached out to you or reached out to Billy Gunn or reached out to people that really, truly, honestly cared, they even showed it, you know, with that memorabilia show where she bumped into Mick Foley. Like Mick Foley was legit ecstatic to see her again and reconnect with her again. You know, I just think sometimes when you're a lost soul, Mark. And and watching that documentary and everybody who watched that documentary last night on Vice knows what I'm talking about. Those that one director that was filming that documentary, like completely took advantage of her, completely could have helped. Which her. one? Yeah, that's true. Which one? They both did one physically. Like he started a relationship with her. A personal physical sexual relationship with her where is your code of ethics i have been deplorable in my life but the one thing that i could always say without a shadow of a doubt call me out 
and, and if you want to. I've never, ever messed around with a wrestling girl. You don't shit where you eat. You don't do it. What, 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 in what world? And, and, and people have done it. Yeah. I'm not judging the people that did. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. I've had advances. Didn't never act on them. I'm not a convenience guy. Nor do I want a trophy case. There are people out there that's, that's sick, man. This guy, he's doing crystal meth. And he's working for a major production company. And he's supposed to be working. And now he's, he's dating the client. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. That's, it, it's only drugs would allow something like that. And that is a big factor, too, is the drugs. But, you know, Mark, and, you know, we got to get into also the fact that, you know, the company that she loved and the company that she gave so much to turned their back on her as well. We Hi, this is Adam Shine, host of Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio. The Adam Shine podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting opinions every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all of sports. We talk to celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine podcast, new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen to the podcast anytime on the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and Stitcher. What time is it? It's Tony time with AEW owner Tony Khan. Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. Busted open. Yeah. Ah, back here on Busted Open. Dave LaGreca, Mark Henry, and that's right. It's Tony time. So let's bring in owner and president of AEW, friend of the show, the one and only, Mr. Tony Khan. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm awesome, Dave. It's been a great week for AEW. I think this is uh, some of the most media we've ever done and one of our biggest weeks ever to make big announcements and have a great episode of Dynamite on TNT tonight. Uh, A lot to get into, and this was a big week, but, Tony, I do have a bit of a bone to pick with you to start off the segment this morning. I hope you're ready. Oh, Uh man. Okay. What's up, Dave? All right. right. So here we go. All right. So you break this off. I mean, awesome news. Obviously, September 22nd, New York City, AEW Dynamite's going to be at Arthur Ashe Stadium. We'll get into that because, like you said, that's huge news. Yeah. But it's where you chose to broke the news. Now, I'm not upset that you didn't do it here on Busted Open. I'm glad that you did it in a New York City media outlet. But, Tony, you did it on WFAN at the same time on the competition of WFAN, which happens to be ESPN New York. My brother's show. You went up against my brother. You went up against Don LaGreca, my brother, to break the news on WFAN. Well, see, this is the thing, Dave. I do a lot of things in the world of sports and wrestling. I, you know, work a lot of hours. I spend a lot of time booking the AEW show. I don't actually book my media appearances is one of the dirty secrets of <laughs> so Pass Mandy there, actually Mandy is who you have this beef with. Oh so. no don't, See there, don't Dave? you no don't you dare 
Don't you dare ever say a coarse word about our favorite Mandy. Okay, so Tony, let's get into it, man, because that is huge news. See, good job of getting me off of it. You just mentioned Mandy. I can never say anything bad about Mandy. She's great. She's the best. She's awesome. So, so Tony, uh, let's get into it. September 22nd, New York City, Arthur Ashe Stadium. You know, 22,000-plus in that stadium. Huge news hitting the New York City market in September. It's, a, it's such a great venue, Dave. I'm so excited about it. It's going to be one of the biggest episodes of Dynamite, and it's one of the biggest announcements we've made. And for us to make our debut in the New York City market, for us to make our debut in New York City, period, at Arthur Ashe Stadium is a dream for me. And it was something we'd planned for years we wanted to do this before the pandemic hit, and we had plans to do it before the pandemic hit. And, you know, it's a long time coming for us to come to New York City. I'm really excited about it. And, you know, it's going to be such an awesome welcome back tour for us. I think, you know, we're finishing out our run in Jacksonville. We have tonight's show on TNT at 10 o'clock. I'm really excited about that. And then there's only a few shows left in Jacksonville. And as the NBA playoffs end, uh, we're just over a week away from going back to Wednesday nights live every single week the rest of the year on Wednesday night. And uh, I think uh, one of the great things as we as we move forward, you know, we can look back at all the awesome shows we've done in Jacksonville, but we're about to go back on the road. Mark and I have gotten to spend a lot of time in Jacksonville, but Mark Henry here and so many of the great wrestlers in AEW, people who you think of as staples of the roster, They've only wrestled in Daly's Place, and they've never wrestled for AEW anywhere else. And on the one hand, that's awesome, and I love Daly's Place so much, and the fans in Jacksonville are the best, and they've they've supported us like nobody else. But as we go back on the road and go see all the fans, I can't wait for Mark and all the people across the AEW roster, people like Eddie Kingston, FTR, Ricky Starks, Will Hobbs, and so many others who've no, never gotten to wrestle for AEW in another venue. Well, we're going to hit... Miami for Road Rager. We're going to hit Texas for Fighter Fest two weeks. And, of course, Charlotte for Fight for the Fallen all in the month of July. I think it's going to be awesome. And this announcement we made this week about going to Arthur Ashe Stadium for AW Dynamite Grand Slam, it's definitely the most press we've ever gotten in a week. Uh, and it's really appropriate. I'm sorry I didn't break the news on Busted Open, but I thought I was – you know, since I usually see on Fridays, and uh, Mandy had this one scheduled out, I guess the schedules just didn't work out. It's fine. Well, and Tony, go ahead, Mark. I have to tell you, I did not find out via social media, even though I went on afterwards and started to retweet things. I had a friend of mine that runs the Rucker League in Harlem. I have a place in Harlem. Uh, I've been there since 2001. This guy calls me and goes, man, can you give me tickets to the show in New York? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, man, y'all, AEW, man, you're coming to New York. And I was like, hey, man, let me find out. And I, I told him <laughs> I, I'm calling back. But I, this place is going to sell out in a minute. It's, as soon as the tickets go on sale, they're going to be gone. I had two people call me. I had Hannibal call me uh, from the Rucker League. And I had a representative that we really uh, should touch uh, real soon uh, in the Harlem schools and in, in, um, um, in, in Harlem and in, Newport, in uh, New Haven. 
so I mean, it's like there's a lot of lot of traction already. I can't wait to get to work on this. I can't wait either. Well, you know, it's funny. I should have brought it up, Mark. We talked for like 45 minutes the other night, and I was <laughs> yeah. going up to I was going up to do this press conference, and I was like, I it just somehow never came up. We talked about so many other things, and I guess I should have mentioned this, but we had so much to talk about. Uh, and uh, as I get as I'm going back down to Jacksonville for tonight's show. Uh, you know, we did so much great media in New York. And like you said, there's so much appetite for this show. I'm really, really excited about it. And as we get ready for tonight's show, I think, uh, and start going back on the road, this has really gotten fans even more excited and built more momentum for this particular show. But I also think across the country, it's really got fans juiced up about the tour, about going back to shows and uh, it's perfect. From that Forbes article, which I found exciting and exciting for you, Tony Khan, now that, you know, you've been coming on the show each and every week. But like your father being quoted and he wasn't so sure about this whole wrestling thing, but knowing the passion that you have for pro wrestling as a fan and now succeeding and having this company like that. I mean, that's got to be a great bond between you and your father, knowing like your passion for this and what you've been able to do in such a short time with AEW. Thank you, Dave. And it, it's a great relationship. He's the best. And I think, you know, in the end, that was kind of where he left it. And it took a lot of fighting and a lot of business plans and a lot of presentations. So he did. He definitely didn't just roll over and fund the, fund this project. I made a lot of cases. And after he saw I'd done the work, I mean, that is where he left it. He still didn't really believe it was going to work, but he could see I'd put it in the time and had a business plan and had some ideas and had made some connections and definitely had made some progress. So in the end, he still didn't really believe in it, but he did take a leap of faith, and I'm so glad he did. And that was my dad. I mean, he really stole the show in that article. I thought that is really the highlight quote of the whole thing, and uh, it's very fitting, I think. So <laughs> I really enjoyed no, but, you know, but But, you know, it's Father's Day this Sunday, and that's your pops, and, like, you know, I, I and I know for myself and, you know, I, I'm always trying to I was always trying to impress my dad. My my dad passed long ago, but like I always wanted to show my dad that, hey, you have faith in me. I'm going to I'm going to reward you. And, and dude, you're doing that. And, and I'm so proud yep. of what you've been able to accomplish, man. Thank you, Dave. It really means a lot. And uh, that means so much to hear. And, and that's me, too. And always want to make my dad proud and my parents proud. And they are. And they love AEW, and that makes me as proud as anything because, honestly, like everybody listening to the show, for the most part, I love wrestling so much. And I'm sure so many of you have family members who have no patience for wrestling. And if you're listening to Busted Open, it probably means a lot to you. And, you know, you can't get your family to stick around, stay in the room when you want to put wrestling on. Uh, and, you know, one of the great things about AEW for me so many of my friends who never embraced wrestling have given AEW a chance and they like it uh, because AEW hasn't insulted their intelligence in some of the same ways and they've found a lot of wrestlers in the company they're compelled by. And, they, you know, for my parents, I always joke around, they couldn't sit through wrestling for five minutes and now they know every little character on AEW. You know, they know who Marco Stunt is. <laughs> So it's like, and my they wouldn't sit through five minutes of wrestling until AEW. So uh, I'm so proud that it's been successful and I, that I haven't let them down. But that quote from my dad is pure, unfiltered dad, and he is great family to me. 
And uh, speaking of families and particularly of brothers, uh, tonight on Dynamite, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of the really big situations that's been going on. The Young Bucks and another set of brothers, the Good Brothers and the Elite, Don Callis, have been running wild. Uh, They've all been interfering in the matches of the world champion, Kenny Omega. He's got a huge match coming up next Saturday, defending the title against the number one contender, Jungle Boy. And the rest of the elite have this big match tonight against a combination of three different people who all have a beef with the elite, and that's really what's tying them together in Eddie Kingston, Kazarian, and Penta, which should, I think, be a really cool match tonight on Dynamite. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I always, you know, I told you before, like, uh, I love Penta. Definitely love Eddie. You know, like, those guys, they they move the needle. Um, and anytime you have guys that you don't even have to have an angle. You just put, like, two really, really talented people in the ring together. Uh, nevertheless, uh, three teams of guys, like, it's, it's only set up for uh, a victory. For Eddie Kingston and Penta, when Eddie Kingston first came into AEW, and I was honestly so blown away by his debut. I've always been a fan of Eddie Kingston. I knew he'd come in and do a great job, but I thought he just crushed his debut. And so I was really looking for a great place to fit Eddie Kingston in immediately. And, and a person like Eddie Kingston, you don't have to look too hard. And around Fighter Fest, we had this great match with FTR taking on, uh, well, teaming with the Young Bucks to take on the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade. And the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade won this match. And Young Bucks and FTR are two of the top teams. And I really felt like we had captured lightning in a bottle with Lucha Brothers and Butcher and the Blade. And this would be a great time to keep that going and tell that story. And, of course, I couldn't think of a better person to be a mouthpiece and a central figure in the story than Eddie Kingston. And after working with Eddie for about five minutes, I wanted to do more and more with Eddie. And as we built towards All Out, I really saw Eddie as the central figure in the Casino Battle Royale that year and really wanted to build up a situation with Eddie and Lance Archer as the top two contenders to John Moxley. And now looking ahead to this, this show tonight, it's really cool to see Eddie and Penta back together uh, with – John Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix all being taken out by the Young Bucks and that BTE trigger move of theirs. Uh, the elite in general you know, have problems with all these people, but Eddie Kingston and Penta are out of that group, really the last two standing. And they go way back. They're best friends, or at least they used to be. And Eddie and Penta, I really think it's it's very cool and it's one of those unique wrestling situations to see them banded back together now as baby faces. And I'm very excited yeah. about that also. I really uh, think Eddie and Penta both have been two of our strongest wrestlers in the past year. And Kazarian now, this elite hunter character he's doing, people are really into it. And it's been a great transformation for him. Kazarian and Scorpio Sky were the first ever tag team champions in AEW. And SCU had a great run, a great legacy here. And now, They've both gone on, and they're doing great things and different things now. So it's very good for both of them also. Uh, speaking of babies, congratulations to Cody and Brandy, Liberty Iris, entering the world this morning. So uh, we have a new member of the AEW family today. 
big congrats. Thank you for bringing that up. A big congratulations to Cody and, of course, big congratulations to Brandy. Uh, we love them both so much, and it's going to be a special night. And for Cody uh, to wrestle, you know, as a, as a dad tonight and get to team up with his student uh, really should be a very special night for everybody here in AEW. How about, how about how about this MJF having his own currency now MJF of all people I bet you invested Dave I yeah, I got to admit it was tempting <laughs> <laughs> Hey just because I hate him doesn't mean I don't think it's a good investment you know you got to be smart you know you Got to make that money Dave <laughs> I mean come on if if I got to take advantage of him in some way but this this cryptocurrency with MJF is it is very very interesting. It's man, Tony, you're you're finding new ways and inventive ways of getting the product out there. Of course, this push this week, this media push, and what you've been able to. And I know that a lot of people in my area is like people are hitting up Mark, but I'm from Jersey, so I know a lot of people from my area are definitely excited about what's going to take place September 22nd. Obviously excited about what's going to take place tonight on AEW Dynamite, Tony. And, and listen, I know it's been hard with the NBA playoffs, but now you're building an audience uh, for Friday nights when Rampage starts with Mark. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the future on Wednesdays and Fridays for AEW. I really am too. I, I can't wait. I can't thank you all enough for making time for me on Friday, you know, and I can't, I, I'll miss uh, doing this on Friday, but one of the great things about it is I would say I'd, I would miss being with Mark Henry here on the Fridays, but it's going to be great because as we go back to Wednesdays, I get to spend those days with Mark anyway at Wednesday Night Dynamite backstage. Boom. So there you go. I'll, so we'll still be together, Mark, on Wednesdays, and I, I'm excited for the show to move back to Wednesdays, and I'm even excited to do this show with Tommy Dreamer again on Wednesdays. So Especially be... now that he fired Don Callis last night yeah. on Impact Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with seeing Don Callis get fired. Tony, as always, thank you so much for the time. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and we appreciate we appreciate you for giving us the time to talk about AEW Dynamite. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.